the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Get into some weird stuff in the break. It's we your do. fault. That one was my fault. We we got into a, a good would you rather about being mauled by wild animals. <laughs> How is that good? I don't know. It's tough. All right, we're going to talk to Tim Lacombe coming up here momentarily, my co-host for Jazz Pre, half and post-game coverage. Of course, longtime BYU assistant coach. Uh, it's been a lot of fun this year working with Tim, and he does a great job. He does, and uh, you guys do a, do a, a really good job job together on that on those shows although it, it seems to be a little better when i jump in there and join you you know what it's been a lot of fun having you on for uh for the pregame i agree you do make the show no, I'm better kidding uh, tim tim's really knowledgeable and jake you've always done well with that it's been fun you know what yesterday's pregame show was particularly fun because i thought the vibe of the plaza really you know kind of you mean perp- when there's not thunder and lightning yeah when on? it's not a a, cr- a crazy rainstorm uh, <laughs> but no the the folks were out there and yeah. upbeat music was going it was it was you know in a fun. way it sort of mirrored the uh the the mood uh, in in each of those games yeah a little the bit the first one was gloomy and kind of gray and uh, the second one was sunshine a lot better uh, all right, uh, Tim's appearance today brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress, Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joining us now, our good friend Tim Lacombe. What's going on, Coach? What's going on, guys? You know, I, I think we should start calling Tim. Uh, how about if we call him Lacombe Cool? Because he's just a cool dude. You know? Like that, like that's his name. Like yeah, Joe that's, Camel. that's a little long. Like Joe Camel. <laughs> that was exactly what I had in mind. But uh, you know, Joe Cool. Yeah, Joe Cool. Yeah, that's he us. Is. Tim Cool. Yeah, Tim Cool. I think I'm far from that, but what I am is is also far from caring. So wherever <laughs> that puts me, that's where I'm at. I saw that's uh, a beautiful spot. Dave Fox on the plaza last night. And, you know, he's all dolled up for his little appearance, got the makeup and everything. And I walked toward him, and what his cameraman literally thought there was a homeless guy coming at him. So, <laughs> you know, I had to, like, say, no, I'm friends with Dave. And Dave looked, and he's like, uh, yeah, I guess we are friends. I haven't seen you in a minute. Um, but, yeah. So Did he, what, did he call you uh, Did he call you Vinny, like the old Hatch in Hollywood days? He, Vinny. He called me that, or he called me uh, Lacombe Cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, you know what that Vinny sounded just like, Dave Fox right there. That's kind of fun. Oh yeah, you know I was Vinny, uh, Vinny. In, in our in our downtime last night. I was watching Tim on his guitar, uh, play some songs. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, I'm you're... not going to be recording, uh, you know, 
for professionally anytime soon, but it definitely helps pass the time. It's fun. All right, Tim, let's dive in uh, to to last night's game. We have a lot to get to with you, but um, uh, Donovan Mitchell coming back. Talk about the impact on the floor. I mean, we can talk about emotionally and all those sorts of, uh, of fun things, but on the floor, what impact did Donovan coming back have last night? Well, I think the first thing, and I thought, you know, he he actually approached it in a great way. He kind of let it come to him, and, you know, his first couple buckets were off skips, catch-and-shoot situations. So he came out and just kind of figured out a way to, to you know, get his toe in the water before he kind of went into a full mode. And, and then I think from there you saw him do a little bit of everything, and I think that's the most important thing that Donovan brings to this team and this series is he's a guy who can get his own shot and he can challenge at the rim strong enough to, you know, take a foul and get to the line. Um, and it just honestly, I know I've, I've beat this into the ground, but he is, he just makes everybody else better because they all can just, you know, with him out there, not out there, they all had to kind of be a little bit more. And <clears throat> with him out there, you just see that it, it just, it opens up everything. The spacing's totally different and you know there's always that threat of him being able to take a guy off the bounce at will and so i think that's what he brings that that they really lack when he's not out there did it surprise you tim that he didn't have any assists um yeah a little bit because i don't really see him as a guy i mean to me donovan always makes the right play but i you know i think that the one thing this this series he's going to have to get a lot of buckets off the bounce and off his uh, on his own because i think that's why the jazz scored you know, 141, and and because he put an instant urgency on defending the rim. You know, the, the rim became a real big issue, and then you just saw everything splinter. You know, what looked like to, a, a crazy good defense the first game that really kind of stifled the Jazz. You know, it was just last night. It was like record stuff. So, um, I just it, it's just crazy what what one night's change will do and what one guy will do to help your team. You know, it's interesting what you said there because he did score a point a minute, and yet he did let the game come to him. That's a pretty unique combination. Yeah, and like I say, he's not a guy, you know, I never, I honestly, all year long watching him as closely as we have, I, I just loved his ability to make the right basketball play. I think that's what sets him apart. Um, you know, I think he could go try to get his every night. But he's a very unselfish guy, and so – uh, last night was a little bit of an outlier that way, but just yeah, I think we saw him doing what he does, and then it freed everybody else to you know Joe was a better Joe, Boyan was a better Boyan, um, and Jake didn't we say that Boyan only had one turnover last night, and that was when Gordon was sitting here with us. Isn't that <laughs> yeah, correct? Those three those three turnovers were uh, unconscionable, really costly. I mean, yeah. Well, they're they're egregious, and that's we we had that discussion last night. That's one of the fun things that I've enjoyed. Jake and I have had a chance to we we are actually retelling stories for about the fifth time. Um, and when Gordon comes in, we kind of it's like you know a new a fresh guy, audience. and you kind of start bang, yeah start banging <laughs> some of that old stuff off him. Mike, what about those fifteen assists from Mike Conley? I mean, he, he eight of sixteen from the floor, three of five from three, and fifteen assists. I mean, come on, right? It's just and, – and the way that this offense is generated and the way Mike's played all year, it's almost like ho-hum, right? Um, but, the, like, you say those numbers and say them slowly and understand the magnitude. 
in a playoff game, um, you know, who against a team who's really physical. And, you know, they did a nice job on Mike the first night. But, man, his passing last night, 15 assists to two turnovers. I mean, it's just – it's a crazy, crazy number with the ball in his hands as much as he as, as he had it. And then, you know, that's 15 times you make the right decision and you get a basket as a direct result. I mean, that's just great basketball. So Joe Ingles came on with DJ and PK this morning as he does every week. And he kind of – he was talking about Jordan Clarkson and giving him the six-man-of-the-year award, but something slipped in uh, where he, he revealed something about himself, which I found really interesting. He he said Jordan was kind of the reason that he thought coming off the bench was cool, kind of implied that Jordan gave him a little perspective of coming off the bench and his role on the team and uh, helped Joe to embrace that. And, you know, of course, I read into that that uh, he was a little uncomfortable last year being asked to come off the bench for for whatever reason. And Jordan helped him uh, embrace the role. And Joe's had his best uh, his best season of his entire career. So my question to you is in in your coaching career and as you've observed coaches over the years, how hard is it sometimes to get players to buy into roles on the team which maybe aren't ideal in their mind? I, I honestly believe that the ability to do that or not do that is is where you're going to find or not find success. Um, you know, it, it, if you liken it to any kind of organization, right? Um, you know, you have a direct chain of command. You you know where you fit in the organization. You know what your responsibilities are. Um, you know, basketball is no different. Um, and you know, every guy has a different. They bring a different skill set. You know, I mean. The thing that I think has been really clearly defined from day one with this team, because it was day one that we noticed the change. Um, I think this this was a plan that a lot of guys got t- spent time with and talked to about what they really need to do to help this team. You know, and we talk all the time about Royce O'Neal and the way he's up, you know, up to his rebounding game. Um, you know, the way that. Uh, that the guys have, have given a little bit of themselves. You know, we talked about Donovan right there. He's he's a guy who he was really into chasing numbers. You know, he could he has the ability to get a scoring title if he, you know, if he played, you know, in isolation the way other guys do. But it's it's bigger than that. Everybody gives a little bit, and I think that is the essence of this team. I mean, it's why they're so fun to watch. Um, I, I honestly believe deep down that nobody cares who gets credit. I think they are really all in it, just like we saw with Joe and Jordan the other day. Um, you know, if, it, if it's good for the team, it's good for me. And, I mean, it's just that is something that has to be understood from a coaching standpoint. Um, you know, there were years, you know, my life as a coach, that so we did better jobs than other years of that. I mean, just looking back and being honest. Um, but I think that that's where, you know, that's where this team and where Quinn and his staff have just been unbelievably good. Rudy Gobert last night, 9 of 11 from the floor, uh, struggled from the free throw line a little bit, but 13 rebounds, four blocks, even three assists. He's a plus nine, scores 21 points. Uh, what about the defense, though? I mean, what, uh, Rudy's a terrific defender. What can the Jazz do to slow this Grizzlies team down, uh, namely John Morant, but others as well? I'll tell you what. I, I, it's a great question, and I, I mean, I think there are like really elementary answers to it, you know. And, and when you're not necessarily deep in the trenches, um, but just to make it really simple, I think you know what Jaws got to see is a little bit more 
uh, he's got to see more presence, more bodies that kind of populate the area he likes to be in. Um, and however they, they go about doing that, I, I mean, I liked last night a couple of twists I saw when Kyle Kyle Anderson's on the perimeter and they really sink and sag uh, off of him and they're really late to him on a closeout because they know he's not going to shoot it, you know, and if he does, the odds are in your favor. Um, so uh, it, it's uh, it's an interesting question, you know, if I probably if I could answer that right off the top of my head, I'd probably still be coaching somewhere. Um, but it, it's a it's it's going to be a real challenge because not only has this guy got great ability, but it's almost like, you know, the young guy's awakened and he's he's really seen, you know, what's on the other side. And he is, you know, it's, it's every night. It's full tilt. You know, it's it's hard to slow him down. And so that's going to be the kind of the essence of the, the series is how does the defense, who's been so great all year long, how do they adjust? And how do they use Rudy a little bit more? You know, if that's to – to impact it, maybe bring him up the lane a little bit, but then you worry about Valanchunas ducking in and, and on a smaller guy. So, again, a lot of reason I have gray hair, uh, to be honest, and uh, also the reason I, I don't have a, a great answer for it, so we'll see how it goes, and I'll just be a spectator. How's that sound? So, Tim, I, I didn't think Rudy played poorly in game number one uh, necessarily, but I thought he was really good last night, uh, and particularly at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah. What did, What is Rudy figuring out? Why did he play better yesterday? Uh, you know, honestly, I, it was because Donovan was on the floor and the spacing was, was true. Um, you know, I think Memphis really kind of took some chances the other night and just kind of came out with a plan they weren't going to, you know, they were going to certain guys they weren't going to necessarily guard. And so, you know, really crowded the floor up. And then the Jazz got open looks and couldn't knock them down, right? And so they really didn't have to deal with Rudy much. Um, you know, they really kind of stifled the one ball handler out on the floor most of the time. And everybody else just kind of became, you know, help. Last night, Donovan's out there. It changes everything. And spacing's different. And that's why Rudy was way more open on rolls. Um, you know, they had to be way more true to spacing with the lineups out there. And, man, can we talk about Rudy's finishes, right? Like unbelievably powerful stuff we wanted to really con- continue to see Rudy grow into. And, man, he was great last night there. So you talked about the physical advantages of having Donovan Mitchell on the floor. What about the emotional side of it? What kind of lift does that bring? <clears throat> I think it's always, you know, I, I don't know if it would have you know, it, it, it would have been like that in game one probably if he'd have been back. Um, I really do think there's part of that game that everything was just a little bit flat, right? Um, and so his presence, I, I think he really is kind of the Dylan Brooks, you know, so to speak, of this team. He's he's the emotional energy. And, you know, he can he can light a guy up, um, but, and, but he also can take somebody else lighting him up. I mean, I think that's what makes Donovan unique. Um, but his presence last night in, in the, the atmosphere in the arena was electric. And it, it was, it really, the jazz, the jazz fans really had a chance to cheer last night. Whereas, you know, Sunday was just kind of a pins and needles game from the start for some reason. What other playoff series have your eye, Tim? I know you're probably watching all of them, but uh, anything else you're finding interesting in NBA in NBA land? Yeah, I, I love I've I've loved watching the Phoenix LA series. I think that's that's interesting. It's unfortunate if you know um, 
Uh, what's what's the latest on Chris Paul? I haven't necessarily heard much the last day or so. I haven't uh, I haven't seen anything uh, lately. Okay. So I, I mean, I'm not sure he's going to be all that impactful in this series. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the guess, and and that's too bad because that was that was a series that I thought was really headed for cool stuff. I I'm intrigued by Denver and Portland just because I, I respect those two guys so much. Um, Lillard and Jokic, so that's a fun one to watch. Um, the Clippers one's got me a little bit befuddled, but I'm actually loving it because, you know, as they say, karma is a you-know-what. Um, and they set themselves up big time for this one. And there's no, like, oh, no, we didn't mean to do it. You lost to the, you know, <laughs> you lost to two teams that had a combined less than 30 wins in your last two games. So everybody knows what they were doing. Um, but that one's interesting, too, because I think, I just Luke is a fascinating guy to watch. The East hasn't been that interesting. Um, you know, Milwaukee's kind of taken or held serve there. We had a scare in the first one, come away pretty good. Philly, I'm not really watching that one that closely. Um, and the Nets look like they're the real thing. You know, I think it's going to be interesting because the Jazz last night scoring 141. I mean. You, get, you play that Nets team, and that almost has to be a nightly score, you know, to even be in the game. So, Tim, what do you think happens from this point forward with the Jazz and the Grizz? Do you think uh, – I mean, obviously it's difficult to win on the road in the playoffs, but do you think the Jazz are coming together in a way where they can – is it even feasible for them to, to win all the games from here on out, or is that just a ridiculous expectation? Yeah, I mean, I just watched the way that this series has been played, and I think, you, you know, it'd be hard for me to say they're going to win every game. I think the the, the issues at hand are, are pretty big. Um, you know, I think both teams got to figure out a way to kind of stop the other. Um, but then it becomes a battle between, you know, playing in the half court versus the full court. And I know that Memphis has actually been really good in the half court, you know, the last two games, but... Um, more so last night, but I would say that the law of averages, they're not particularly a great half-court team overall for the history of the season. So um, I think that's still kind of an eternal struggle. But my thought is I think it's going to be hard fought. I, I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that Memphis is anything but right in the middle of it. And I love their competitive fire and spirit, you know, and it, it's a fun series to watch. I believe the Jazz will win it, but I don't think it's going to be easy. So Gordon asked me earlier today, what makes the Doors a great band? What would your answer to that be? I thought they were pretty innovative. Uh, that Wurlitzer organ was something special. And then Jim Morrison's just, I mean, you can get into a major, go down a major rabbit hole there. Uh, if you get too far. But I, I just think it was, you know, I, I really like bands that kind of set trends. And I think their trend was we're going to do this thing a little bit different, but we're going to we're going to do it our way. And I think that's the key to life, man. Be memorable. You know, the funny thing about that is that I mentioned the organ. I like the piano better than the organ. I'm not a huge organ guy. And I think that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit uh, heavy. The Phantom? The Phantom ruin it for you? 
So my guess here is that Jake really likes the doors, and you, Nick Gordon, don't necessarily like the doors. Well, I like the doors. I mean, it's not like I have anything against them. It's just not my favorite part of, of their music. Well, Gordon, didn't you grow up watching the Larry Ferrari organ hour back in the day? Maybe that's where it stems from. Maybe it scarred me as a child. Wasn't Greta Garbo on that at one point? <laughs> she was. She was singing. You should, I mean, do me a favor. Uh, search Larry Ferrari. On, on our Ferrari, however you say it. I mean, it's, see, hey. I, ne- I never really liked I never really liked the organ at baseball games either. This is Larry Ferrari. <laughs> Join me Sunday morning at 9.30 right here on Channel 6 when we'll have all of your favorite music on the organ. Hated that show. <laughs> Hated that show. Maybe that's what uh, it sounds from. I don't know. Yeah. Did you sit around like this kitchen and put that on the phonograph? Yeah, sun, no, Sunday morning, the Larry Ferrari show. Uh, pronounced Porsche. <laughs> it's pronounced Porsche. <laughs> it's pronounced Porsche. <laughs> Tim, Tim, you are the best, man. Thank you, and uh, I'll see you, uh, what day is it? I'll see you Saturday. I will see you Saturday. Right. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, buddy. That's our friend Tim Lacombe. Can I hear that one more time? No, no, we don't need to nope. play that. We don't need to play <laughs> I, I, I that need again. To, that's, it just... Did that come on before FDR's fireside chat? <laughs> that just took me back in time to like 1970, 19, 1969 or something. I don't know. Who comes up with that idea? Just a dude sitting at an organ for an hour. That's exactly what it was. I know. What, was it an hour? Uh, 30 minutes, actually. But yeah. Let me hear. Uh, let me no, hear. No, uh, no. Once a decade. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's just it's we've just reached, it just took we've took me back in time. Speaking of organs functioning properly. Wow, that there is a transition. Bang! Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, that might have been Gordon's. That might that's Gordon's A game right there. That was beautiful. Yes, get things functioning right, organs functioning right. Uh, this part of the body, in particular, if you're out there probably heard us before talk about this and maybe you thought i've got ed i've got to do something someday i will you may be noticing the problem is getting worse uh the relationship potentially could suffer it could hurt the the relationship you've got with your significant other our acoustic wave therapy has really helped a lot of guys gently opens up blood vessels a process known as neovascularization and by the way This technology has been used on other parts of the body for 50 years, heavily studied, safe and effective, and really can turn back the clock and get the blood flowing where you want it, when you want it. So the pill, lots of side effects. Wasatch Medical Clinic, no side effects. That seems pretty nice. Yeah, that's exactly right. Of all the cases and patients that I've seen, I have never heard of anything negative. Nobody said wow, it bruised or it hurt or something happened. All of it has been positive. I don't see any downsides. The clinical studies uh, would agree with that. The only thing you'll notice is better blood flow. And yeah, the pills, they really wreak havoc, headaches, uh, you know, stuffy nose, the hangover feeling the next day. And you'll have to take more and more of it as time goes on. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the calendar right now. And for guys out there who might be on the fence a little bit, uh, been thinking about it for a while, now is the time to do it. Now is the time. Memorial Day sale. We're approaching the end of the day here. You get $500 off treatments. 
And that, of course, is in addition to the exam and assessment with our doctor and the blood flow ultrasound free. So a lot of value. And you can come into the clinic, by the way, dip your toe, feel things out a little bit, and decline treatments, of course. It'll be no cost to you. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. The Jazz have tied up their series with the Memphis Grizzlies thanks to a win last night at Vivint Arena, 141-129. to Donovan Mitchell made his return, and he scored 25 points in the Jazz uh, route to a win. Joe Ingles talks about Donovan's game. The first few possessions, he kind of just let it come to him. He didn't try and force it. He didn't try and come out with a bang and be super aggressive. He let the game come to him. And I think he got like a catch-shoot three at some point in those first few minutes. And I think once that, once he saw that go down, I think it was kind of, like you said, like it just get kind of right back into where he where he left. So um, obviously he was on a bit of restriction. Um, I don't know how long that will last or, or what the case with that is, but obviously the, the more he's out there, the, the better it is for our team. As I mentioned, the series is now tied up at one game apiece. Game three in Memphis coming your way on Saturday night. Tip-off right here on the Zone Sports Network will be at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30. This update brought to you by our friends at Mountain Land Supply. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone hey arup needs your help donating blood before a long weekend is critical donate blood over the memorial day weekend call to make an appointment today 801-584-5272 or go online at utahblood.org arup needs zone listeners to step up and donate today arup gordon we had some news that has come down in the last um half hour or so uh Apparently, and I was not aware of this, honestly, um, the, there was an interaction between John Morant's parents and a fan, or fans, actually, fans, um, that was inappropriate last night at the game. I don't uh, have a, any really other detail on what was said except for the fans were removed. Uh, the Jazz released a statement, as I mentioned, about a half an hour ago. It says, the Utah Jazz have zero tolerance for offensive or disruptive behavior. An incident occurred last night involving a verbal altercation during Game 2. Arena security staff intervened, and the investigation resulted in the removal and banning of three Jazz fans indefinitely. We apologize to all who were impacted by this unfortunate incident and condemn unacceptable fan behavior, the Utah Jazz are committed to ensuring a safe and respectful environment. Yes, and I agree with that. That's the way it should be, all the way around. So there were three incidents last night alone involving yeah. fan uh, behavior. That's 
Why, why do good. people do that? Just explain it to me, Jake. I, I mean, I know you. Are they? What are they angry at? What are they messed up over? See, I don't. No, and I understand that John Moran's parents is they, they like to get uh, the dad is is vocal and stuff. I, I get all that, but I mean to take it to a point where it's where you're absolutely going after somebody. The word heckling. Uh, I mean, if, if you're making somebody uncomfortable, uh, then why do it? Well, Andy Larson also linked to a Twitter thread with some other fans that were sitting, I guess, on the other side of the Morant family uh-huh. and uh, really having nothing but positive interactions. Yeah, and, kind, and of, and buying, kind of having fun back yeah, and forth. And buying each other beers and, uh, he, you know, joked about uh, talking trash a little bit back see, and forth. See, I love but that. that was, I love that stuff. But see, that, that was an, a really positive experience. I, I think— you know, uh, you know when you're talking to kids and say, and you, you tell them, you know, I guess you're not adult enough to handle this. I'm sure you <laughs> talked to your teenage, your kids when they were teenagers like that. You know, like not when they were four. And and some people, <laughs> you know, like hey, you got a speeding ticket. Well, I guess you're just not adult enough to drive the car. Or I don't know what, to, but but. You can have interaction. Yes. You can cheer for your team. You can say, hey, did you see that shot Donovan just hit? Boy, wasn't that great. And you back and forth. And, and you can have a really positive experience. But there are some people I just don't think that are adult enough to handle it. Yeah. I don't need to jump into it, but I told you an anecdote from my personal life where I, out of nowhere, people just get these, they get carried away. And I'm not, I'm not saying that making an excuse. I'm just trying to explain how normal, rational people check that at the door sometimes when they come into sporting events. And again, I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm more just trying to explain it. And just so people know, Jake was at an event and there was an over just this jerk of a fan who was giving him uh, and the people he was with a hard time. And and then he then Here, I'll people, tell I, I'll people, tell the people story. People actually it's, applauded you it's not right? it's it's not that big a deal. It's uh, it, Tim Lacombe was actually coaching in this game. BYU played Virginia Tech in the NIT. This was seven eight years ago. It was a mm-hmm. heck of a game. It was double overtime. It was a great game, and uh, and I was there with my wife and my mother, <laughs> and we were a in, menacing crew. We were in Virginia Tech gear, and uh, we weren't even sitting particularly close. We were kind of back up in the stands. And uh, we were just cheering for positive stuff. We weren't mm-hmm. even getting uh, after BYU or anything like that. We were, like, cheering after made baskets, like very minor stuff. And this BYU fan sitting uh, uh, down the bench a little bit from me keeps yelling and then giving me the stink eye. Like, <laughs> How like, dare you root for the other l- team? Like looking over at me. Like I had just robbed his house or something, <laughs> and 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 was just being an obnoxious fan. But then somehow that I don't uh, somehow I was the his his um, uh, what am I looking for his arch enemy or something that night, you know, and and so I I just got tired of this guy his act, and so he stood up when a call went against BYU and he yells, "Call it both ways, ref!" and just yelled it. And then mm. looked right over at me, like, "What are you gonna do about that, pal?" And so, the like next, a dance battle. Like so, the next time, uh, the next time a call went against the Hokies, I just yelled as loud as I could, "God both ways, ref!" And then looked over at him, and the 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 section of BYU fans around us laughed and applauded my joke. And the guy sat down and shut up for the rest of the game, and yeah. didn't even look over at me. Like he had kind of a wake up call, like. Oh, I'm kind of an idiot. Like this guy's here with his oh, this, mom and this his isn't wife. War. 
This guy's not trying to fight me. But see, but it seems like and I, I, you used a word there that I think really fits. Uh, uh, opponents and their fans are not enemies. Are not your enemy. They're right. opponents. They're yeah. not enemies. So treat them like that. You know, I love. In I this lo- case, it's a mom cheering for her son. Just to put that in there. <laughs> I just, you know, I love the interaction when it's when it's fun and and it's. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that warms the heart, right? This other stuff makes you look like you got some sort of major problems that you can't handle, and so you're spilling it out all over somebody else who doesn't deserve it. It's a, uh, it's embarrassing, I think, to to people to act out that way. Yeah. So, I I don't know how to explain it, Gordon. I certainly would never excuse it. And maybe there is a debate on where the line is. We kind of went down that road when we brought this up earlier. But, I mean, come on, John Morant's mom's there being vocal rooting for her son. I think he, I think that's okay. And, and I'll, I'll I don't you. think you. I don't think you need to put not her in our her, house. Put her in her place. Yeah. And strangely, I jokingly in that hour when we talked about this said, "Oh, what if they talk about your mom?" You know, jokingly because yeah, right. that's obvious. Yeah. And then this comes out, yeah. and it's like, okay, because I think rational people know where the lines are drawn, don't they? I would hope so. But then you get the stories about somebody pouring beer on Max Hall's mom. You know, I. I don't know. I always cringe at that stuff because people know where the line is. You can't pour beer on people. And I know you fans will be like, eh, I don't believe it. But, you know, this type of behavior, you well, know what's wrong. You're not you're not walking around confronting people in public on the street. Well, apparently some people don't know it's wrong because they do it. See, I think they know it's wrong, but I think they get carried away. They, I really they, do. They don't control their emotions. They, they they feel like it's a free pass when they get into the arena. I paid a ticket and all this all this and that. And and some stuff like, you know, you can't boo random people on the street either and it's acceptable at a at an arena. So it is different, right? It is a, a sporting atmosphere is different than everyday life, but that doesn't give you the excuse to harass John Morant's mother. It's uh, that's the it, difference, right, Gordon? I, the I, word of harass yeah, and heckling. It's yeah. just you know, it reminds me, and I've told you this story a thousand times about the cultural anthropologist I interviewed about fan behavior and about the way people view their team. They see it as a modern day sort of version of their feudal army going off to do battle with the other community's army. Yeah. And they, 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 I mean, this is a representation of that. And somehow, what this guy, who, whoever got in trouble with John Morant's family, I mean, what, I mean, what would make you feel the way that you would have to feel in order to be harass somebody else? At a ball game, I mean, what's the deal there? Uh, nobody's at war here. It's just rooting for a basketball team. And if, let's say, let's say John Morant's parents are vocal. Let's say they're really energetic. Uh, I mean, they're rooting for their kid. What? How is that some sort of affront to you because you're a Jazz fan? They people get carried away. There was that's, that dentist that DM'd the Arizona State kid. Oh, that was yeah. madness. Yeah, yeah. People, I, I really think, and this is part of what makes sports great, right? Fans identify with the team too much. You know, that they're, that they're too involved because they feel included. It gets back to the, if I cheer real hard, I'm helping the Jazz win the game. Yeah, but It, it gets back to that feeling, and no. then people just take it. 
to the nth degree. But when I think of these kinds of things, it takes me back to a story Steve Kerr told when he was playing at Arizona. And remember, his dad had been assassinated over in Lebanon. Yeah. And some fans were getting on him, making making comments about his dad. I mean, that to me, how do you get there, Jake? Yeah, it's way out of line. Because you don't view athletes, and and probably a lot of people are guilty about this with public figures in general, as human. So these are the people who, when the the emperor was trying to decide whether a gladiator should live or die, they're the ones that are indicating with their thumb that he should die? I more think they're the ones that look at an NBA player or a football player or whatever and say, I don't like that guy, even though you know nothing about him. You know, oh, I just don't like what, – what, you don't like his game? No, I don't like that guy. But isn't that a dangerous phenomenon in I, some ways? No, I'm not – I don't, I don't mean literally dangerous, but I'm talking about in the human mind that if you can get to a point where you get that whipped up over something that's going on in a sports event, something's, something's out of whack. Well, you just you're, – you're detached from reality in a weird way. Hmm. All right. Well. Where you're just checking it at the door. Haven't you ever? I'm sure you have. You've been around those fans. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I love the show News Radio. And uh, there's an episode of News Radio when uh, the boss, uh, Jimmy James, invites some staff members to go to a Knicks game to watch. And he's got like front row seats and whatever. And they get to their seats and the game starts. And all of a sudden, Jimmy, Jimmy James has a, a tearaway suit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like a, like a Knicks body suit underneath. And he's like super fan or whatever. And the, the employees are like, whoa, where did that come from? This it's buttoned like, up corporate guy. Yeah, <laughs> like corporate giant. All of a sudden, is raving lunatic as soon as they the the game tips off. I, I, if you're looking for an explanation, Gordon, I don't have it, but I'll tell you what, it exists. Well, how about this? Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass your team. Don't embarrass your community. Yeah, but but it's funny. You think about this. Think about those uh, those two guys that are that go viral all the time for their. Uh, Big guys in Stockton shorts and and jazz uniforms and dance around all ridiculously. Like those guys are probably CPAs or something in their <laughs> real life, right? But yet, when it comes to coming to a jazz game, they're like, "I'm gonna, we're gonna put on outdated, really small uniforms and go dance around and and make ourselves look, you know, foolish." Maybe that's not the right word because they're kind of they're meaning to entertain. But the point is, is they're probably just a couple of normal bros, but they they come to the game and all of a sudden they're it's different people in a way. I don't know. Normal's only skin deep. I mean, but you know what sometimes I mean. Sometimes they're not walking around town looking like that. <laughs> they're working at the DMV until five. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're Stockton here at night. I guess. Uh, all right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. We want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Get uh, Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com, or call today, 801-253-3080 at Davis Vision. We'll have more for you straight ahead. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us tomorrow at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, prices so low. It'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Easily our most comfortable remote. <laughs> For sure. They usually find that, a, a nice couch oh to sit man. us up on. So. Tell me about it, man. That, that, that's uh, the definition of comfort. It's time for Austin's List. Our uh, producer, Austin Horton, has uh, an enemies list, someplace you don't want to find yourself. Uh, I am on the list. Gordon found his way onto the list uh, earlier this week. Uh, who's going on the list now? Uh, well, I actually need both of your help to decide which entity goes on the list in this story. All right. I know someone has to, but I'm not sure who has the most guilt. The Raiders, they built that stadium, but really they didn't build it. They It was a $1.8 billion stadium there in Vegas, uh, and they got a $600 million bank loan for their portion of it. The NFL, Clark County, Nevada, uh, they all chipped in and gave it to the, the bulk of the stadium. Well... Because of the pandemic and it being empty all last season, Allegiant Stadium, they the uh, good taxpayers of Nevada's Clark County have now had to pull $11.7 million and $11.6 million from county reserves to make sure the loan was not defaulted upon so there those, on that those, stadium. those funds would have been targeted to maybe better education for kids? Perhaps. Perhaps that, yes. Uh, so, and the the, uh, the official here in Nevada, uh, Clark County Director of Communications, Eric Papa, said this action does not constitute a default. It was expected in light of the decline in tourism to Vegas. But whether or not these hotel rooms and casinos fill back up again, the residents of Clark County are on the hook for the, the money here. The, the taxes are going to be taken from their paychecks to pay back to the banks that built this stadium. So who goes on the list? Is it the Nevada politicians? Is it Mark Davis? Is it the NFL? Who goes on the list today? I need, I need an answer. Everybody but the residents. But the residents, didn't they vote to have this yeah. thing taken out of their hey, paychecks? Hey, hey, the residents get an NFL team. Pretty sweet. See, I kind of feel like the residents knew what they were getting into when they voted. So this is so you know who the winner here is, Lloyd Cole, because he's a Raiders fan. He can enjoy the Raiders being in close proximity, but he's not on the hook for any of the taxes. Well, then I'm putting Lloyd on the list. I think that's our answer. That's fair. Unless maybe buy maybe if you buy a ticket, you gotta your there's the tax involved in that, right? Well, that's maybe you just put the coronavirus on the list. For this? Well, th- that's the reason the stadium was empty. Austin, I'm <laughs> a little disappointed in you. You always find the right person to be angry I told at. you, I'm, I'm putting it on Lloyd because he's happy, you said. And that <laughs> means he's got to be True. knocked down a level. We do not want Lloyd to be happy. <laughs> Boy, we we uh, we met his son. Oh, isn't uh, Xavier cute? Yeah. What a, what Good a, kid. What an adorable kid. Yep. Really cool kid. 
Uh, we do not want Lloyd to be happy, but we certainly want you to be happy. And if uh, you're suffering from ED, suffer no longer. Our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic jumping on with us again. Let's help some folks out, Andrew. Yes, suffer no longer. And they're on and they might be, but it's a serious topic. We at Wasatch Medical Clinic, I think we're taking all of the negatives out of treating ED. Uh, hey, excuse me, honey, let me get a glass of water, take a pill. I don't know when it will work, if it will work. That's what's so bad about it, and that's why there's a stigma. If you can get back to normal, get a little on-demand function back, uh, that's a great thing. And our acoustic wave therapy is proven to do exactly that. WasatchMedicalClinic.com, we've got 40, maybe 45 now studies showing this can work. It's been called the new standard of care for ED. And I think maybe someday the pill will be a thing of the past. Turn back the clock with the new standard. That's got to be a lot of uh, uh, very appealing to guys out there. Yeah, it really is. I'm yet to meet a man that enjoys taking the pill. In fact, if you're taking the pill and liking it and it's working, I would say keep doing it. Don't change a thing. But if you're noticing that it's wreaking havoc, adverse effects, side effects, or that you have to take more of it, it is a slippery slope. This can be a great alternative. And keep in mind, it's treating the root cause of the problem, which is restricted blood flow. Jump off that slippery, uh, slippery slope right now. Get on the schedule, 801-901-8000, and uh, you'll get in to see the doctor for free, plus a Memorial Day special. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is a cool deal. It's $500 off treatments. Call us right now to qualify. And, of course, you'll get the exam and assessment with our doctor. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. That's all no charge. And then you can decide if the treatments are a good fit from you, uh, for you and if you feel comfortable. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks uh, for all your work today, Andrew. Appreciate you. But thanks so much, guys. Have a great holiday weekend. Back at you. 801-901-8000, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. More Big Show coming at you straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, The Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot uh, coming up next. We've had a whole show to think of their poll question, Gordon. Uh, the Best suspense or thriller, best suspense movie? Most suspenseful. Most movie. suspenseful. Actually, I haven't given it a moment of thought. <laughs> I was going to say, this is news to him. I, no, I, heard, I, heard, I heard the Would question. Would you call The Shining like suspenseful? Yeah, I think so. That it's not, it. it's, it's, uh, I guess it's horror genre, but it's horror genre because of the suspense, right? Well, that, and that's what great horror movies do. They, they have those, those down periods that build that kind of suspense. That's definitely the shining. About. Yeah. Yeah. I like that answer. I think that might be it. I'm What's sure. yours? Well, I, I plan on revealing it this next okay, hour. Okay, give us an example zone. of one, maybe not your top Okay, pick. well, an example, uh, bec- the reason this is our poll question this week is A Quiet Place 2 comes out Ooh. this weekend. Yeah, that looks And I like can't it. think of much more suspense than A Quiet Place, the first one. How about something that isn't a horror movie? That would be really, really suspense. Well, see, I, I don't consider A Quiet Place a horror movie. Oh, it's I not? think it's a sci-fi thriller. Oh. Oh. Uh, how, how about this, suspense? I'm going I'm, I'm to go off the wall. Airplane. 
where they're trying, especially where the sweat's pouring. Yes, up again, that's right? exactly what I'm thinking of. He's trying to land the plane, and all I'm that not, sweat is. I picked a bad day to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, the best part about that that bit in that movie is it keeps escalating. Yeah. Where but he's like, I I picked a bad day to stop sniffing glue, <laughs> and then I think he says barbiturates or something, yep. doesn't he? Picked a bad day to quit quit barbiturates. So airplane and the shining. There's my two. Okay. There's my two contributions <laughs> to everything. What what what's a common answer? On, I know you don't want to tip it all, but what's a what's a common answer online? What are you seeing a lot? Uh, I'm surprised actually we haven't seen the shining come through. But a quiet place actually remarkably that people have caught on. It's that is a common answer. Is a quiet place. Someone said the Titanic. Which I found so to that's be not, yeah, but you kind of know the ending. Yeah, that's not it? suspenseful. It's the I guess it's suspenseful. You don't know if Jack's gonna die. If or they're not. gonna survive, well, you know she's gonna survive. I guess selfish is what she was. I think there was room for both. Of them I on think that he door. faked his death to get away from her. Don't you think they both could have gotten on that door? Because <laughs> he's holding on to the side and it's not even tipping. How about make a little room? Let him get on there too. No, I'm I'm with you, Austin. I think he was right there making his mind up like. Wow, a life with her, or I could just let go. I thought this ship was going to dock, and I'll never see her again, and now we're in the throes of life. Yeah, now we're, wait, we're he together. never did let go. She, I, I think she, she pried him loose, I think. She, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying he faked it. He somehow slunk away when she wasn't looking and <laughs> replaced it with a, a different corpse so that he could... Get away from Rose. Oh, all right. All right. Movie Zone coming this up. This took next. a turn. It Wait did a minute. Take did a she turn. ever remarry? I can't remember that part of the movie. Did she get married in all this time? I think she, she was married Bill Paxton's character, didn't she? Was, she, was, uh, she wasn't uh, she longing after Jack the whole time? It was Bill Pullman, actually. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, that was the president in Independence Day, right? No, that's Randy Quaid. <laughs> all right. Movie Zone is coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.